Nope, you're good. No pit stains here. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 234 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael Linus, and I've got with me here our co host, Adam Swansong Gumby. How are you, Adam? I, I don't like this, Chad. There's light, natural sunlight in my bedroom, so weird. and this never happens when we record. I hate this so much. Usually you're like in this like dungeon, and it's like dark, and you've got cool lights, and it's a little emo, and it's like Adam's sulking, and he's mysterious. And now I'm just like, you're, you're a regular person, and there's no mystery to you. Yeah, I'm just a dude at Starbucks getting a mochaccino. <laughs> is, that a, is that the regular human drink, a mochaccino? I'm just a regular person. I'm a day walker. Yes, I'm not an alien at all. I'm having a mochaccino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, to the podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, we stream usually Sunday evenings on twitch.tv slash affableidiots around 8.30. Um, we had a raid last night, though, in Destiny, so um, we pushed it to today. What's up? And then uh, we go live on demand on YouTube and podcast services on Tuesday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern time. You can catch us. We've got a whole backlog of stuff you can catch up with, too. Again, this is episode 234. Plus, there's tons of other types of side quests and stuff. So go back and listen to all of our shit. Subscribe to us on all those channels. We've got a lot of things to talk about today. We've got Xbox having some good times this week. Um, we get a PlayStation exclusive game that I'm a little bit excited about getting pushed up. Multiverses is real from WB Games. But we're going to start with the big, ginormous elephant in the room, the Game Awards. It's not really an elephant in the room, but it's the big thing around this time of year where we talk about who's the best and who sucks. Actually, I don't think who sucks is ever brought up at the Game Awards, but certainly who's the best in a lot of the Worst categories. game of the year. <laughs> What if they did that? What if they just like had a big shame segment? Like these are all the games that came out that sucked. I appreciate the people who show up to accept those awards. Does Cyberpunk, due to the cutoff dates, does Cyberpunk technically falls in this year's Game Awards, right? It does have nominations in this it year's Game Awards. Does doesn't it? Mm -hmm. nice 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 so let's jump in with our main quest talking about the game awards 2021 they just announced the nominees for all the categories this week um jeff Kelly announced all of those with a series of a flurry of tweets while also like live streaming some event that i didn't watch at the same time they were revealing them death loop leads with nine nominations pretty in, uh, pretty interesting Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and It Takes Two are also pretty big contenders in there. They have five nominations apiece. Oh, sorry, six and five, respectively, across a bunch of different categories, um, including Game of the Year, which was a little bit of a surprise for me for a couple of these, where they appear alongside Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, and Resident Evil Village. There's a little bit of controversy around the, like, what got, well, what got nominated for what, what got left off. Uh, I know mm -hmm. for me, I saw the nominations and I was immediately like, oh my God, I can't believe blank didn't get not like I talked a lot about Call of Duty Vanguard score last year, last week. And I was like, I can't believe Vanguard didn't get nominated for music because that score is incredible. And then I was going through the game of the year. I was like, really? Those are the game? And this didn't get on there. And this, didn't. and then I started thinking to myself, like, but everything that was on there for a lot of these categories kind of seems right, though. 
There wasn't anything on here that I mm-hmm. didn't feel like deserved to be on it based on what came out this year. I just felt like there were like everything in general to me was like we had a lot of good games this year. And so it was hard to represent all of them versus like last year or, or like 2018 when there was like Spider-Man and God of War and all of these things. Or last year there was Last of Us Part Two and, and Hades. So like there weren't any like huge standouts that I said that absolutely deserves to be on this list. But then I looked at all of these and was like, yeah, these were all good games and I can't fault any of them for being on there. So there were just, there were too many good games that they all couldn't make mm. the list. So I think that's kind of where I fell on it. A lot what of- about you? Yeah, it's like a lot of eights and nines and not really a 10. Well, yeah. I guess only 10 didn't really get nominated for Game of the Year, which some people complained about Forza not getting on there. I it understand late, it right? because even though Forza... No, because it got nominated for Racing Game of the Year. And oh. I think like two or three other categories. Um, but again, this all comes back to it. So I'll go ahead and say this now. And I say it every time someone's talking about Game Awards. Game Awards is voted on by people in the gaming media. I think it's like 120 outlets. So we're talking IGN, GameSpot, da-da-da. And then also like content creator influencers. So, you know, you're kind of funny, you're giant bombs, you're blah, 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 right? So when people get mad about the Game Awards, like if you listen to podcasts and watch YouTube and look at outlets, you know what's going to be on these lists, right? So like for Forza, it is the highest rated game of the year. But how many super loud car people are there at the media outlets you listen to? Right. And that's why Forza doesn't get them your nod. They'll get all the other nods because they're like, you have to put it in this category. But... It's not going to get Game of the Year nods because there's not enough of those people. Again, it's all, it's just like the, the Grammys and Oscars, except for it's not as bad because Grammys and Oscars is like, it's a bunch of old white dudes who are like, this is art. And yeah. that's, <laughs> and that's who votes on everything. This one's a little better because it's people you know and you listen to, but you can just, like, like I said, listen to podcasts, listen to their content all year, and you can tell what's going to make it and what doesn't have as much as a shot. So this doesn't surprise me. The only thing that surprises me is maybe Returnal not making it into this list. Yeah. But looking at these games, this list, like I can see where it might get bumped a point or two through the 120 votes or whatever to not be on the list. Like I think it was probably, if there was one more game on this list, it would probably be the next game on the list. And that was a game that I feel like was probably something a lot of people didn't finish. A lot of game outlets didn't finish. And I know a lot of people out there also feel weird about voting for a game that they didn't beat uh, as Game of the Year. Whereas the rest mm. of these are all like, hey, it's a very linear story. Especially like looking at the Game of the Year nominations. Like there is a beginning, there's an end. It's very linear and it's maybe 12 hours or less for most of these. Yeah. 8 to 12 hours and you know these people finish. Yeah, like if Returnal's update where you could save it was when the game launched instead of you know a month ago yeah. maybe it would have been on there but yeah like the people who were voting on it probably liked the game but i'm sure a lot of them didn't finish it because you have to do a three-hour run and, and they're not doing that yeah. i don't blame them <laughs> so and again forza it's great it's fantastic best rated game of the year according to metacritic but how many car people are out there like there's some of them but not enough i think to push it over the top so overall like honestly i don't find any complaints I'm looking at the main list right now of just everything. And yeah, I'm with you. Everything kind of makes sense. And especially in a year full of eights and nines and not really 10 and not a 10. Yeah. Like I said, besides Forza as being the only real one. I mean, makes sense to me. My other thing would, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm kind of shocked Guardians of the Galaxy didn't get on. That was that one. Guardians and Returnal seemed like they could have maybe edged somebody out for it. But overall, yeah, this seems like everyone's top list. Yeah, I'd agree. We've got a special segment from Adam right now having to do with the Game Awards. Adam, special segment. Adam, take us through it. What are we doing? It's a surprise to me. 
Yeah, it's, I said, hey, I'm going to do some BS. Are you in? And you're like, don't tell me anything. So here's yep. what we're going through. Game Awards. We've got nominations and we've got winners coming up in about two weeks is when the show is. So I decided, hey, we're going to do a little bet, a little bet ski. Ooh, right? yeah. Me and you are going to bet. on. I picked five categories. Four of them are varied and one of them is BS. And that's why I put the last one there. So if you want to look ahead, you already know. But so I have five categories for us to go through. The winner of the bet gets nothing. The loser of the bet has to honor Jeff Keeley. And I propose that we have to wear his Haunted Mansion makeup to the podcast after the Game Awards <laughs> is over. I'm in. I'm in. So, I like that. That's that's my segment, is we're going to try to guess the Game Awards, these topics, um, and we're going to see who wins and has to wear whiteface. Uh, I guess it'd be mark? gray face. It would be maybe. <laughs> it's more gray because he's stony. Yeah. It's not really whiteface. Um. I'm kind of upset I didn't put in the uh, best score slash music because that is the one that Cyberpunk is nominated for. And I like the soundtrack to that game. But also Guardians of the Galaxy is in that one. It just has licensed music, so it should be. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to start with the big boy here. Game of the year. Recognize a, ga- a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. So we're going to go back and forth so we can't always copy each other. Sure. So you go first on this one, and then I'll go second, and the next one we switch. So what do you think is going to win it? And then whoever has the most points doesn't have to wear a gray face. Should I, should I be keeping track of these, or do you have them somewhere that you're keeping track of whatever our bets are? Maybe you should, because I wasn't prepared for that. Okay, I've got a note open right now. I'll go ahead and keep track. <laughs> okay. um, bets. Goaty. All right, here's what I got. Looking at these, so again, it's Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil Village. I, I'm thinking, what's going to, so this is again, not what is our game of the year, but what do we think is going to win? I'm thinking it's going to come mm-hmm. down to Deathloop or Psychonauts 2, and I feel like Deathloop was a little bit more polished. So, even though I haven't played it, it just looked more polished. So, I'm going to say Deathloop wins game of the year. Okay. For me, and again, the context of all of this is these are all voted on by gaming personalities and media outlets and da-da-da-da. So, what are people excited about the most? And for me... I immediately get out Resident Evil Village because people like that, but it seemed like that, well, after that game came out, people were over saying it was their game of the year the minute the next game came out like a week later. <laughs> uh, I'm stuck somewhere between Deathloop, It Takes Two, and Metroid Dread mm. just because Metroid fans, again, a lot of people in the gaming industry love Metroid. They like Nintendo, and it was very, very good. But I'm going to go It Takes Two All right. because for them, it, like this is a brand new experience. Everything is... Di- I haven't played... I'm about to start playing it tonight, but they're like, everything is different. He changes it up. This is an amazing indie game and deserves to be game of the year. So I think that outlets people in the gaming industry are impressed by things that are different. Yeah. So I think it takes two is is the thing for them. Full disclosure, I'm I think I'm like three quarters of the way through it takes two. It's a long game and it is on my short list for game of the year. Like it is fantastic. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, next up, nice. We have What's best, next? best performance. Oh yeah. Next, best performance awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. This we have Erica Mori from Life is Strange, Giancarlo Esposito from Far Cry 6, Jason E. Kelly from Deathloop, Maggie Robertson from Resident Evil Village, and Ozama Akija, I'm very bad with names, from Deathloop. So that is um, the two leads from Deathloop. The, uh, I forget his name, Cole. 
and uh, Juliana are those two death loop names. Yeah, not Colm. Yeah, not Colm McGrath. Uh, so I guess I'll go first on this one. Who do people really like? I'm going to give it, I want to give it to Giancarlo just because I think he was fantastic. And celebrities seem to do pretty good in these, but I'm going to go Erica Mori from Life is Strange. Ooh. Because people who love that game think that it's game of the year. And I'm assuming it's based on a performance because I have not played the video game. Yeah. But I'm going to guess. I'm taking a Erica big Mori. old shot in the dark here because I've only played Resident Evil Village, which is one of the five nominees on this thing. Um, so I don't, I don't have experience with any of these people, but from the, like the little bit of life is strange that I'm hearing about and the, just the nature of those games that is like a very narrative driven kind of thing. I'm going to go with Erica Mori as well. All right. That's is cool. that allowed? Am I allowed to pick personally you picked? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why we're switching back and forth. So it's not just me always copying what you do and then there's no winner. So you're allowed to pick the same thing. I'm just trying to keep us from not doing it too much if we don't have to. By the way, Jason E. Kelly, who's Cole from uh, Deathloop, is very, very good. He might be my favorite on here. Uh, he's he's very, very fantastic. They're the He's the guy that um, Arcane bought him a PS5 so he could play his own video game because he didn't have a PS5 to play it. That's awesome. I believe that was a news story. That's Who is cool. Maggie Robertson? Best indie game. In Resident Evil Village? Maggie Robertson. I believe is Lady Dimitrescu or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, best indie game. For outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publishing system, we have 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero. Okay. This one I feel like is a little bit, e well, yeah, it's a little bit easier. One, because Inscription's PC only, which, again, thinking about who's voting on these things, that a lot of that market is not PC gaming. A lot of these, like, podcasters and influencers and things like that, like, they... They're not necessarily into the PC indies. So I feel like it really, I, don't, I honestly don't even know what Loop Hero is. So, but I feel like it comes down to 12 Minutes, Death Store, and Kena. And I feel like most people, the, the general consensus around Kena was it doesn't quite hold up throughout the entire game. Which brings us to 12 Minutes and Death Store. 12 Minutes was very confident. Uh, um, what's the word? Controversial? Controversial. That's what I'm trying to say. Conferential. That's not a word. Controversial <laughs> and kind of divisive. Like people freaking loved it or people freaking hated it. And so I feel like Death's Door is the answer. Because I feel like everyone I saw who played that game really freaking loved that game. It got a lot of press. It's now coming to PS4. So I feel like Death's Door is my answer. Okay. For me, it was between Death's Door, Inscription, and Loop Hero because those are the highest rated indie games on here, like the ones that reviewed the best. But you're right. We're, we're not talking about reviews necessarily. We're talking about the industry. Mm. And I also was going to say Death's Door. All right. Just Death's because Door. it was on multiple platforms, people really liked it. I think Inscription is probably the actual best game on here. Um, again, this is just based off of reviews and everything. But haven't played that yet. I'm going to probably get that next. Loop Hero is very good. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, I'm going Death's Door too because I feel like the most people played that and would vote for it. What happens if we tie? Do we both have to come in Jeff Keighley makeup? Oh, we're both losers at that point? <laughs> Maybe half and half. Maybe I do the right side of my face and you do the left side of your face. Perfect. We'll do something stupid. Perfect. <laughs> uh, most anticipated game. Recognizing an, un an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. AKA, if this is next year's list of Game Award games, it's much stronger than this year's. Uh, so, you know, Potentially. Yeah. Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, 
Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. Oh, this is tough. I believe I go first on this one. You do, yeah. I, I don't even have to think about this one. It's got a war. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like Elden Ring and Starfield, I feel like, are the loudest people with like souls people are very loud yes they are very, very loud right. i just don't know how many there are but i feel like both of them have been remember sekiro did win game of the year sekiro did win that's game of right. the year at that's the same right. awards but i think i think you're right like demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward i feel like that's god of war ragnarok do people care about breath of the wild anymore I don't think so. <laughs> I know we don't. <laughs> but also I feel like part of the hype around Breath of the Wild was also just Switch in general. Um, I feel like there's not a lot of hype for Forbidden West for some reason. So yeah, God, it's... And we don't know enough about Starfield. So they've demonstrably illustrated their potential, which means they have shown something that makes us believe they're going to push the gaming medium forward, which I don't feel like Starfield's shown enough. So it means it's going to be Elden Ring or God of War. Oh, God. If it helps you, you can just be different and pick something I didn't pick. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Elden Ring. I like it. That is the thing. Thinking about this, the two of these games on this list, the one that we picked, are both sequels to Game of the Year contenders from the Game Awards. Yeah. Sekiro and God of War both won Game of the Year. So I think it's between those two. For you, what's your what's your on this what's your uh game on this list? What's my most anticipated? God of mm -hmm. War Ragnarok, hundred percent. God of War twenty eighteen is my favorite is game of, of all time. So, yeah. Hundred percent looking forward to the sequel. I'm with you. Horizon and uh, Breath of the Wild kind of seem like the ones I don't care as much about as compared to, like, to the potential of Starfield. We know how good God of War is, and people really like Souls games. Those two kind of, in a most anticipated list, those ones seem like the ones that aren't as strong as the others. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Uh, and our final, this one I threw in just for fun. Yeah, I was either going to pick this one or another one. grab bag. Uh, yeah, content creator of the year for a streamer or content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community in 2021. I was either going to pick this or esports star of the year, both <laughs> categories that we know nothing about, and this is a complete shot in the dark. Uh, for content creator of the year, it's either Dream, Fusely, Galls, <laughs> Iba, or the 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 Gref G. The, it's Greg, but F in, in front of the G. I have no fucking clue who any of these people are. I know. God, Fusely Gowls. I'm going to vote for the Grefka just because I feel like it's so stupid. Like the rest of these are like, I don't know what this name is. It's mysterious. It's like a dream. It's so like abstract. Whereas the Grefka is just like, I'm a dumb personality. Come watch me play some games. And people, people really get like that appeals to them. So I'm going to say the Grefka. Yeah, I also have never heard of a single one of these people. I'm going to say Fusely just because. I was going to go Grefka as well because like that's just someone's name and they switched the letters around. Yeah. But you took it and I don't want to I don't want to copy you, so I'm going to go Fusely, whoever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. What a spread.
All right, so yeah, we only we only have the same answer on two of these, so it is we could possibly okay, that's good. Actually, I guess that means that it's impossible for us to come out the same, right? Yeah, yeah, because we have three. I mean, we could different. also get every one of them wrong. That's true. <laughs> yep, we could get all of them wrong. Uh, yeah, you're right, because it's not like both of it's not like one of us wins every single category, because that's not mm -hmm. how science works. Dope. I'm excited. So this is December 9th. I think it's like 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be fun. We'll find out who wins. Ready. Let's move on to playtime. Wrapping up our Game of the Year discussion and moving into what we've been playing, which centers actually a little bit around Game of the Year type stuff. No, just for you. Not for me. Um, I'll mention a couple things just to get this out of the way because mine's pretty short, and then I want to hear your thoughts on what you've been playing. I'm continuing right. my Last of Us Part 2 playthrough. I have one gripe with IGN.com. They have a guide that has been up for the last year and a half with all the collectibles in The Last of Us Part 2, which is, again, like basically the last trophy I have to get for The Last of Us. I'm going back through, and I followed for Chapter 2 all of the collectibles, got every single fucking thing on that list, and then I go back to the Chapter Select menu, and it says I'm missing two artifacts, and I'm missing two trading cards. And I said, what the fuck? And I go back through, and I cross-reference again. I spent like 20 minutes cross-referencing lists. And then I go to Polygon and look up theirs. And sure enough, Polygon has two more items on their list for both categories that IGN doesn't have. So IGN is just, their guide is wrong. It has been since I downloaded it. And I went back and rechecked it. It's still old. <laughs> still wrong. So, but I'm playing through that. Freaking loving it. Um, play. This one's just a shout out. I mentioned that we were playing this, but I never actually mentioned now that it's up. Go watch on Pixel Street Vids youtube channel we have our playthrough it was me holden matt from rhode island and uh john from pixel street we were all playing mario party superstars it was a fucking wild game with an ending that is just like it completely out of nowhere like that was some of the most insane stuff i've ever seen in the mario party game so go go check that out over on pixel street vids youtube channel and I watched part one. You did watch um, part one? I like that the level. Yeah, that immediately made me want to go buy a cake, which is what I did. <laughs> because the cake in that game looks very good. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, the, it was literally the very last move of the game completely changed everything. That freaking pissed me off. Uh -huh. That's Mario Party for you. Yep. Um, I played a little Halo Infinite, which I'll talk about uh, right here at the end. But I just want to mention Pokemon Shining Pearl. I got that. It wasn't necessarily going to be a day one purchase for me, but then Holden and Matt were both playing it and they were excited about it. And I was like, all right, I'll get it. They got diamond, so I got pearl, so we can trade and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm enjoying it. It is, I never played this round. I think this was the first one that came out on DS and I never had a, a DS. But it is like going through it, it is, it, I don't know what I was expecting. It is 100% a carbon copy of a Pokemon game. And it is still the there eight you gyms. You go to the first gym and she like two of her three Pokemon are literally the same exact fucking ones they've had since the beginning. It's Geodude and Onyx. And then she just happens to have like a cranial dose or whatever at the end. So, and you're same, same thing. You get your starter, you go through, it's, you, there's a bird in the beginning and it's just like Pidgey, but now it's Starly. It's, so it's a lot of the same mm. fucking shit, but, um, I am enjoying the art style of it. Like it has that chibi art style for the overworld, which is just adorable and I'm really into. And then they actually go into battle and your character looks more humanoid. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Go back to the adorable chibi, please. I want I want the little tiny cute one. Um, but I'm having a good time with it. It's it's nice to be able to not know necessarily what gym leader is coming up. So I don't know who to power up ahead of time. 
um, because I've never played this round before. But also, like, it is playing a little bit to the nostalgia because of that. It's it's exactly like the first original games, which are my favorite in the series that I've played a, th a thousand times. So it's like a fresh take on it, which is nice. Yeah, I also have not played that generation because I fell off. So that's interesting to hear about this. Also, unrelated, but you said how it was chibi and then you come down and it's more human and it's weird. Remember... So SpongeBob did this and so did Ren and Stimpy where it's the animated style and then they do a close up and it was just like a picture. Oh God. Yeah. And like in a different style and it was always gross as shit. It was That's so just what I'm gross. imagining. Where yeah. <laughs> it's like SpongeBob and then it's just a close up on his face and there's like eye boogers and veins everywhere. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy did that a fucking lot, which is why I wasn't allowed to, I was allowed to watch South Park as a kid, but I was not allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy because it was disturbing. Ren and Stimpy's gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm playing that. I'll, it, I'm like six hours in, just beat the second gym leader. I'm enjoying it. I'll probably finish it. I probably won't like grind out the whole Pokedex or get all the legendaries and shit. But the one thing I'm bummed about is that last year, or maybe it was the year before, they did the whole thing about Pokemon Home. They had the whole rollout where you now have this mm -hmm. shared location where you can like every service, Pokemon Go, the 3DS games, the Switch games, you can all contribute to Pokemon Home and put them all in the same place. And then with the switch games you could you know pull things out so you could basically transfer things from go to sword and shield and brilliant diamond and shining pearl will eventually get it but it's not coming till 2022 so you can't integrate i can't this should have been launched it's so stupid it should have been launched whereas like let's go pikachu i was i was able to take my pokemon go stuff and transfer it to that even without that was before home launched as well so i could like i could catch something and go transfer it to let's go and play with it there so that sucks but then Halo Infinite, I played a little bit of Halo Infinite multiplayer, which launched surprise. Like we just barely mentioned it last week because we weren't sure if it was going to happen. But uh, the multiplayer launched. I've played like six or seven regular matches, like quick play matches, and I played one big twelve v twelve match. I'm a little like bummed that you can't filter out and choose only certain modes. Like you have to do the whole playlist because I really I haven't played slayer once i've played like six or seven quick plays mm -hmm. but i haven't played slayer once all i've played is a ton of oddball and like a couple matches that capture the yeah. flag i played oddball as well yeah um but it is a beta it's that's technically right it's still technically a beta. a beta until it launches on december 8th it's free to play which is awesome you don't even need game pass or gold to play online with friends which is great uh, i'm having i'm having fun with it i've only played solo so far i haven't played with friends which i Obviously, those types of games like Call of Duty, I've only ever really played with friends, never grinded out solo. So I feel like I'll have more fun with it with friends. But it's a completely different type of multiplayer experience. Again, I've, I've not played Halo multiplayer since I was like 12 years old sitting couch co-op with my brother and my cousins. So I, I've not been into the online multiplayer at all. But yeah, this is completely different. You Like a whole clip of a weapon doesn't kill people. I can shoot an entire assault rifle clip into somebody or a whole clip of pistol ammo and they don't die and I have to like do a bunch of random weird shit with grenades and other shit but it's been pretty fun so far I'm enjoying it the battle pass is, is tough to grind out because it's all challenge based instead of just like play a bunch of matches um, but there's some balancing coming to that I think actually this week they said yeah because that the grind is slow but they're like yeah. oh we know we're changing it sorry it's like yeah it's slow but you played that too. What do you think of it? And you're you're a little bit more of a Halo person, right? Kind of. Um, I haven't played any of the flights or any of the. I haven't played any of Infinite at all. But when that menu started up, 
and that music came on. I was like, oh boy, here yeah. we go. Oh shit, here we go again. I was ready for it. I'm very excited for it. I'm with you. I only played some quick play by myself. But the game, the, the multiplayer has always been good. So even like in five, which like five story was pretty bad, to be honest with you. But the multiplayer is still fun. But this feels like yeah, a modernized, cleaned up version, especially playing on the next gen consoles. It feels great to play. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. The multiplayer, again, I've only played a couple of matches, but I'm with you. I'm ready for my friends to get in. I'm ready for the full game to be out so we can play everything how we want to do it and have some friends. Yeah. But just like the gameplay, the moment to moment, I'm enjoying so much now that I will we definitely enjoy it when there's more options and I can play with friends. So I've only played a couple of matches of that, but I like it a lot. So I hope that the single player comes through and is good as well. And just that if the multiplayer just stays good, the campaign can be whatever. I hope it's good. But at this point, that multiplayer being free to play and with options and the way that it feels, I'd be fine just to play that for the next couple of years if that's all that it was. So uh, I have enjoyed myself. I'm also like you that I've only played a couple of matches by myself. So I'm ready for more. Yeah, me too. I feel like that's one of them, one of the games that like I'm just always going to have downloaded on my console, always ready to go. And then if somebody's like, hey, you want to play some Halo? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. It wasn't on top of mind for me there to go, go play myself, but like if you suggest it, hell yeah, I'll play some Halo with you. I'm with you. It's awesome. What else did you play? Uh, I want to hear some more stuff. about it. Yes. So here we go. Loop Hero. I had, so here's the thing. Loop Hero was this indie PC game that came out near the beginning of the year. I don't remember what month. Doesn't matter. And I bought that because I'm like, everyone's talking about this goddamn loop hero. What's this loop hero about? And I bought it then. I played like two or three loops of the game and then put it down. And this last weekend, I was like, I feel like playing some loop hero. Because looking at the game awards nomination stuff, like, man, loop hero, I forgot. That game is really good. I went back and played like four hours of that on Saturday, I think. Man, loop hero is good. It is. Loop hero is a. I don't, I don't think it's Devolver. It might be crazy. But it is an indie game where. It's got little, you know, like 16-bit art or whatever. And you're in a world that has been consumed. Like, everything's gone. Like, there's nothing. Like, the world has turned into a void. And you wake up or whatever. And the way that the game works is that it randomly generates a map, which is some sort of loop. So some kind of circle in some sort of way. And your little dude, you're, not even 16, but your little 8-bit dude starts and he starts walking. And then you run into some slimes and you kill the slimes. And you basically, the game, it's, sort, it's a roguelite. Where you go around in loops, you try to build your character out and build your home base to send him back out and try to do more. And then eventually the bosses come as you fill up the world around. So there's an empty void and then it's like you kill a slime. It's like, oh, I got a meadow and I got a rock. And you put that like in the landscapes like you're building, like recreating the world as you're going through the world and killing monsters. Then it's like, oh, I need to collect... Um, wood so i can build stuff it's like oh well i got this grove and you put that on the track on the little path and then you walk through a forest and you collect wood but then also like rats giant rats come out of it and it's that sort of a game but it builds and builds and builds on itself and it's very very good it is it is fun. and you don't have to play it like you it's literally a one click game yeah where you can just like hit space to let it go uh you know you get equipment equip that or whatever and then just like the game literally plays itself but I don't know what it is, man. A game that plays itself, that is 8-bit roguelike walking <laughs> in a circle, is so good. I don't know how they did it. It's fantastic. I think that game's coming to Switch very soon, so I hope more people play it, since it's not going to be stuck on PC anymore. But yeah, for a game that people were talking about, like this seems like a weird thing. And then I played it, it's like, no, they're right. This game is very good. So I hope more people check that one out. I hope I sold you on it. But if I didn't, just I'm, go buy it on Switch. And I'm looking at it right now on uh, their website. It is published by Devolver, developed by Four Quarters. Okay. Um, 
And yeah, it it reminds me like looking at the screenshots, like just the eight bit style. It reminds me hardcore of like NES level JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of into this. It is coming to Switch on December 9th. so that's the day of Game Awards. Nice. There we go. There we go. Yep. Jeff Keighley's like, "Hey, buy Loop Hero on Switch." I'm like, all right, Jeff, I got you. Yeah, and it uh, supports Save yeah. Data Cloud. It's one of the you don't have to guess. Will this make my transition from Switch to Switch? You're good. All right. It's very good. I suggest everyone play that. And then I also played a little bit of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Tell me about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Not the James Gunn movies. You know, I might watch those again. Guardians of the Galaxy is a game by Otis Montreal and the team that brought us the event and the publisher that brought us the Avengers. But it is everything the Avengers wanted to be. Uh, It's single player only. And the thing about this game, again, I'm only three chapters in. Uh, but this is probably going to be on my game of the year list. It is so good. The characters are so good. They pretty much, they're like, hey, what's Gar- what's cool about Guardians of the Galaxy? All the characters and like the wackiness and the, in the, it's cosmic level of this world. And that's what they double down on. Like all the characters are so well acted. Everybody, not even if they're likable, people who are assholes are like, God, I fucking love you, you <laughs> piece of shit. Um, it's so good. And I'm only three chapters in and people tell me like the game is better the farther you get into it. Like, all that stuff I'm saying is good, apparently. Is, like, people say, like, by the time you beat the game, that's when it gets just on everyone's game of the year list. So I'm very early on, but I already see what people like. The combat is fun. Right now, it's, like, good enough. Like, it's fun to, like, pick your powers. and Because you, you only play a Star-Lord, but you, like, tell your friends what to do. But I can definitely see, you know, like, I'm adding more powers and more powers as it goes along. I'm getting new abilities and such. But just, like, the gameplay is solid. It's good. And then the story is fantastic in the atmosphere. Again, best soundtrack of the year when I was talking about earlier. It's just like, oh, what's uh, what's some 80s metal bands that we... Like, I literally just did a fight. Uh, what's the the music video where the dude gets... The girl gets pulled into the cartoon world, and it's like a sketch? Um, take, take on me? On yeah. me. Yeah, I was just playing that while I was killing some jelly enemies. And it was awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Uh yeah, that game is very good. I'm going to keep playing it, but it's uh, it's solid. Everyone pick, especially right now, if you're listening to this as this goes live, it's literally $30 everywhere. Target, GameStop, Amazon, everywhere it's 30 bucks. Absolutely go get that game for $30. You'd be crazy not to. I'm excited. I picked it up. I picked up a bunch of games for Black Friday, and that's probably the one I'm most excited about playing. Yeah, very enjoyable. Um, and then two things just want to mention real quick. These aren't things that I've played. Well, I guess I technically have played them. Left Behind Game Club, uh, Jacob McCourt had me on to do the Dead Cells episode, which just launched uh, early last week. So everyone check out Left Behind Game Club and the Dead Cells episode. I'm in there. Jacob was on for our Far Cry 6 episode. Check him out. And then the another podcast that I do called Isle of Misfit Rolls. It's a D&D podcast. I don't really talk about it much, but we just released. It's not the season finale. But it's basically like the climax of the story. I was like, oh, I maybe need to talk about this because in uh, about a month and a half time, we're going to be going on to season two and live streaming that. So if anyone likes D&D, talking to you, Trevor, check out Isle of Misfit Rolls because we're basically at the end of season one. So if anyone wants to enjoy that and get on to season two, do that. Man, I love that last episode where we fight the big bad guy. I enjoy it. As someone who was there listening back, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was cool. So yeah, check that out if you like D&D. Isle of Misfit Rolls. Rolls, R-O-L-L-S? Yeah, uh, it's Misfit like rolling Rolls, dice. R-O-L-L-S, on Twitter. For, that's just Linktree, and that's the easiest. So Misfit gotcha. Rolls, or Misfit Trolls is what it looks like when you type <laughs> it out. 
Got it. Dope. Dope. Let's move on to our quest log. We got uh, quite a few stories here today to talk about that happened over the, the last week. The first is something we talked about a few weeks ago that had been leaking, but now is confirmed to be real. Multiverses from WB is real. This information is coming from Matt Perslow at IGN. Um, Warner Bros. officially announced it. It's kind of like a Super Smash Bros.-like fighter developed by Player First Games, and it brings together a whole bunch of different places like Scooby-Doo, Adventure Time, Looney Tunes, and Game of Thrones. We haven't seen... Uh, Daenerys like I wanted like I predicted like that would be cool if Daenerys came in and her ultimate was like three dragons but but we have seen Maisie Williams ooh from Arya Stark or Arya Stark voiced by Maisie Williams it is coming out in 2022 for consoles and PC the consoles however are last and current gen PlayStation Xbox no Nintendo Switch at least announced so far mm. which is I, I feel like is kind of a, a little bit of a miss especially given a lot of the characters in this one like bugs bunny and jake the dog and steven universe and like i feel like this could have a lot of appeal with people who might only have a switch but um, you know i have a theory about this what's that this game is only available on places where you can watch hbl max so not the switch <laughs> because it doesn't have any apps <laughs> interesting isn't that wild that like switch still only has hulu yeah, they just added Twitch. Did they really? Just added Twitch. That was one of... No like, Netflix, though. No nothing. One of the very, very first episodes of our podcast, Respawn Aim Fire. Well, back then it was Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Um, Holden and I got into a huge debate, like almost fight, over whether the Switch was actually a console unless it had Netflix on it. It says Netflix <laughs> on it? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he was very Just much like, no, Netflix. it's totally a con I was like, no, it's not a complete entertainment console until it has Netflix. And it still doesn't have it. Um, so we, we've already got a, an incomplete roster. So they've shown a bunch of people who are going to be in it, but there will be more added before the game launches. And what's interesting about it is that they are all voiced by like the original acting talent for each of these characters too. So uh, I mentioned a few of these already. Jake and, and Finn from Adventure Time, Steven Universe, uh, and Garnet from Steven Universe. Tom and Jerry, which I didn't realize had voices other than like that. But maybe they do in the movie. I don't know. Uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all voiced by like Kevin Conroy and George Newbern and, and Abby Trott. Harley Quinn, Shaggy. This one was, was wild to me. Shaggy this is, a big one. is not voiced by Shaggy from the cartoons. He's voiced by Matthew Lillard from the movie, which is fucking awesome. It's been a long time since mm, we heard anything from it. Matthew Lillard. Uh, I mentioned Arya Stark and Maisie as Maisie Williams. I'm I'm like part of this is like really exciting for me because like these are a bunch of really cool characters and it's free to play and there's all sorts of cool shit in it. But also like the the character models for a lot of these they like cartoonized Arya Stark like it's Maisie Williams Arya Stark, but it's also like looks super different than what hmm. you might expect it to look. Now. I don't want to interrupt you too much, but there are two parts of this story, uh, this part and then the, the last part, that immediately come after other fighting games in this genre. Because, again, we have voice actors for these characters. Let me tell you what game didn't have voice actors for characters. Nicktoons Brawl in the, in the Halls or whatever that game was. That was weird because <laughs> it had no licensed music and no voice acting. And this one is like, yo, we just have Kevin Conroy's Batman. Like, yeah. fuck off. We've got the guy. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. Um, it's fantastic, but I again I haven't watched Steven Universe, but Garnet, voiced by Estelle, the 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 musical artist, like she's a famous singer. I didn't realize she was in a TV show, and of either. course you know John DiMaggio is great. 
uh, as of course he is Jake. So yeah, the fact they got Maisie Williams and Matthew Lillard to be the characters that they've been in like live action stuff is wild. And they're like, yo, Nicktoons, you got to do better. Yeah. Like, you you pay Tom Kenny $18 million a year to be SpongeBob. Why can't you give him an extra five bucks to do your video game? Like what's going on here? Yeah. And they're betting big on, on, I guess, microtransactions and skins and stuff like that because they paid all of these actors and the game is free. So like mm-hmm. they got to, I'm sure, you know, WB has AT&T and HBO and all that kind of stuff under its belt. So uh, I'm sure they've got money from somewhere. But uh, interesting here, the the last character on the list is Rain Dog. Like Rain is in Reindeer Dog, uh, which is an original character for multiverses. If, who knows the story or the lore behind Rain Dog? But a couple things about the game. Each character has a unique ability set. But the kind of shtick of this is that they've been designed to pair with, and like you could do two characters at a time. So you're doing team battles. Uh, you can still play like solo, but like they've been designed to pair well with others. Um, you can do customizations via perk loadouts. Um, there are also, as we mentioned, kind of skins and emotes for visual expression, which I'm sure is where they're going to make all their money. It will, again, support not only those consoles that we mentioned, you know, last gen and current gen, Xbox and PlayStation, and PC, but it'll also have cross-play and cross-progression on all supported platforms. And then here's the big thing. Dedicated server-based rollback netcode will support the online gameplay for the life of the game to help reduce lag and disconnects. If you have ever tried to play Smash Bros. online with people, you know what a fucking trash experience that is. And they're just saying, you know what? We're so much better than Nintendo. This is going to be a great experience for you, and we can't wait for you to try it. I'm so excited. Remember you remember when I said that there are two parts of the story that go after the Nexus, some other fighting games? Absolutely. That they're like, oh, our online will work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Our free-to-play games online will actually work. That's fantastic. Yep. And then uh, last thing here is that they're just going to support guilds and other social features, so you can climb leaderboards, challenge other groups, all sorts of things like that, too. I'm pumped, Adam. This is going to be fun. This could be a fun thing, especially like yeah. to get together a group of people like on a game night or something like that and and just beat the shit out of I'm each other. I'm very excited. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be a, a uh, what do you call him, Shaggy Mane and just do the Ultra Instinct. I They literally turned a meme into a fighting game character yeah. with Matthew Lerl as the voice. Uh, fantastic. And then they, they're adding you know more characters as time goes on. So you know we'll, we can get, again, literally anybody. It, they took... The gameplay of a Brawlhalla, Super Smash Brothers, uh, Nicktoons, Battle in the Hall, and they mixed it with like a Fortnite Rocket League like model, and I think it's going to work super well. I like if so the too. gameplay is as good as I assume it to be, this game is going to be very successful, and I'm here for it. I'll buy your battle pass. I'll pay for Shaggy in a Bruce Lee costume. I don't care. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, going the opposite direction in terms of tone, uh, Bobby Kotick stays looking pretty numbered over at activision this information comes from jared moore at ign there's been a, a a lot obviously that we know about going over it uh going on in activision but some new developments this week comes from the wall street journal there are sources that say this the activision ceo bobby kodak has made some comments in a meeting this week on friday that left open the possibility of his departure if these issues of mis- misconduct were not fixed quote with speed um, this actually comes with pressure too that uh, was previously reported by the Wall Street Journal that 
Bobby Kotick knew about a lot of these sexual assault claims and harassment harassment allegations of the company and didn't do anything and didn't even like kept that information from the the board of directors. Um, it The report itself centered around Kodak and said that the internal documents and sources familiar with the publisher had shown that the CEO was aware of many of the reported cases of abuse within the company. And then adding on to this too, not only did he know about it and then not tell the board of directors, but after this information came out in the Wall Street Journal, the board of directors then wrote a letter supporting Bobby Kodak and saying, hey, he's making changes at the company and we, we back him in making these changes to make a better place. And we're, what? AKA he made us millions of dollars. Exactly. Keep them there. Exactly. This country is created to protect rich white old people. And that's what they're doing. They want all that money. Uh, meanwhile, really great people like CEO Jim Ryan of PlayStation and Phil Spencer of Xbox are making uh, statements about it that are hopefully going to put pressure on them. So Jim Ryan has criticized it with an email to PlayStation employees saying, that Sony's leadership were, quote, disheartened and frankly stunned to read that Activision has not done enough to address a deep-seated culture of discrimination and harassment. And then not too much longer after that, Xbox boss Phil Spencer uh, told his team in an email that the company was, quote, evaluating all aspects of its relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments. Whew. And that last bit, though, that's where it matters. Yes, that's where it matters. When when Xbox and PlayStation say, hey, man, we don't like what we're seeing, and we're going to start adjusting the way that we work with your company if we work with them at all, then that's where it starts putting pressure, again, on the money. And that's when suddenly the board is like, oh, shit, maybe we should do something about this workplace and making it a, a healthy, safe place to work. Sucks that that's where it comes to. That... that First of all, the Twitter outcry, the employee outcry, the employee after the 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 allegations known that Bobby Kotick had like known about all of this stuff, and then there was the employee like protest outside of Activision's headquarters that same day. Like that came out in the morning, and they organized, and hundreds of people stood outside and protested that same day, even though they were working from home. That didn't do enough for the board members, but then the PlayStation CEO. And Xbox Phil Spencer come out and they're like, oh, now we're suddenly starting to think about maybe what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like you said, that's how business works. But it sucks. Okay. So it's good that those people were heard enough for the Wall Street Journal and people to keep pushing into the issue yeah. and it coming out. Because if it's just people saying it, sadly enough in this world, people, no one cares. Like you might care like on a personal, like maybe your manager thing, but Bobby Kotick was never in trouble if it's just people at Activision Blizzard having these issues. Even with the 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 uh the litigation or the, the lawsuit coming, he's probably fine. But then when you get to this point where it's like, oh, not only he wasn't even negligent, like he's criminally responsible for not like do like the people in others there have been other situations where it's like, oh, I knew about sexual stuff and I didn't say anything, and those people get in trouble for it, like criminally. Yep. Um and then like I said, Xbox and play like everyone's everyone's coming at him now, and it's like, ooh, yeah, take your fucking a billion dollars you've made over the last couple of years and just leave everybody alone, please. I'd appreciate that. But he lowered his salary to sixty thousand dollars a year this year, and then took home a hundred fifty million dollar bonus. Exactly. Like I don't care. Yep. <laughs> I know how this works. So hopefully next week we'll be reporting on Bobby Kotick leaving Activision. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Right. Let's talk about something a little bit better. Sifu 
is uh, knocking down doors early. This info comes from Cameron Cock, Koch, Coach, who knows, at GameSpot. Um, Sifu, which is the Kung Fu brawler from the makers of Absolver, is releasing a little earlier than planned. Thank God for them. They were originally in 2021. They got delayed to February 22nd of 2022, which is smack dab in the middle of every other fucking thing next year. And now they're saying, you know what? Maybe we'll release earlier on February 8th so that we can get out ahead of all of that a little bit. So yes, they are officially coming out February 8th. The developer, uh, Slowclap, wrote in the YouTube description for the trailer that uh, the new date is there and they are making good progress on getting Sifu ship ready. And as a result, we'll be releasing ahead of schedule. And then there's going to be some additional gameplay videos for the upcoming action game coming officially to PlayStation channels very soon. I'm excited about that. If it came out on February 22nd, there was absolutely zero chance of me playing this around Horizon and um, Destiny, Witch Queen, and all the other things that are coming out that week. Elden Ring. Elden Ring, yep. I know Elden Ring's around there. It's not there, but it's around there. Yeah. yeah. But now that this is coming out February 8th, there is a shadow of a chance that I'll play it before all that. I'm with you. I was very excited for Sifu. I want to play it a lot. It coming out in the middle of all that stuff is not a great idea, but the fact that like, oh, actually, we're good. We can get this out and hope no one's crunching or doing anything crazy. But if you can get it out before, I think that does better for your for your game. And I hope so, because I'm looking very that would I don't want to sound hyper hyperbolic, Mm -hmm. but that might be one of my most anticipated PlayStation games the next year. Again, I'm assuming God of War probably gets pushed and doesn't make it. Clearly, that's the number one. But Sifu, I'm very excited for Sifu. I, I hope it's great. It looks awesome. I like Kung Fu stuff. So good for them. I'm yeah, very yeah. happy. Forza 5. It's having a pretty good week. It's freaking. We talked a little bit about it last week that it's like doing really well, but goddamn. This comes from Jared Moore at IGN. Uh, Microsoft has confirmed that Forza Horizon 5 has been the biggest launch of any Xbox title in the history of the company, with 10 million players jumping into it. Uh, and that reimagined Mexican landscape within the first week. 10 million players in its first week. As it uh, continues to break new records moving forward, Playground Games has also recently announced that it is continuing to add elements to the game that will increase inclusivity and make the game more accessible to a wide range of players. On top of its base accessibility features that can be currently found, Horizon 5 is also set to add an on-screen sign language interpreter to the game in a future update. That's awesome. Freaking get it, Forza. I'm so bummed that there have been so far no Game Pass Ultimate Black Friday deals. Because... There's one. All I've seen so far is for Game Pass PC. And... There's Game Pass Ultimate uh, half price at Target. But there's going to be more of those coming soon. But Target is the one who has it at this moment. But it should be on Amazon everybody else later. Okay, okay, okay. Good. Because I can't wait to play this. I'm so freaking excited. Um, Matt's been playing it. He's been talking about how beautiful it is, how sexy it is. You played it, obviously, and we're talking about how great it is. I and everyone, ten million people, have played this thing and are, are loving it. In a week, man. In what a, a week. what a nice number. I like to see it. Yep, and it I doesn't even get it. a game of the year nod, even though it scored you know multiple tens. That's what's wrong game with words. this industry. <gasps> this was wrong with this country. Oh my god. <laughs> I bet freaking Bobby Kodak paid someone not to put that in the, the Game Awards. Oh, boy. That um, almost seems like something he would do. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of other games that came out this year that didn't really show up at the Game Awards, Hitman 3 is getting new content in 2022. 
says Darren Bonthuis at GameSpot. That's a fun name, Bonthuis. Here's a a couple of things. IO Interactive CEO Hakan Abrak detailed several new modes coming in early 2022, starting in January with an elusive target mode and Hitman 3's VR mode um, coming to PC. So IO also just kind of described this elusive target mode as a new way to hunt down the most challenging contracts in Hitman 3 via a permanent addition to the game. And then if you are running the right equipment, then you get to experience ray tracing in the game as well later in 2022. And of course, there's going to be extra content like maps and storylines, modes, new ways to play the game and surprises Ooh, that, quote, the community has been asking for for a very, very long time. So that's that's dope. People like it, man. And people really, really liked Hitman 3, which is why I was surprised that it didn't show up on any lists this year. That is the... I'm with you. I think it should be on something. I, I love Hitman 3. It might be on my game of the year list. Uh, well, depends when the year ends, but I like the game a lot. It, here's a couple things about this, because I'm a big Hitman boy. I love Hitman. I love IO. Um, this elusive target arcade. So elusive targets, for anyone who's played Hitman, you know, but it's... Gary Busey. It's like a... Yeah, Gary Busey was one of them, absolutely. Yep. So was Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah, the guy who dies in all those yep, movies. Sean Bean, yep. Um, where they would rotate. It would be a challenge. Like, you got kill, you got one shot to kill this person. And they would rotate them, though. So you would be like, all right, I have a week to kill this person. Then there's nothing for three weeks. And it's like, don't miss it because it's gone forever. I like that this is permanent. Where it's like, hey, maybe it's just like, here's all the elusive targets. And have fun and do them however you want. And you can do them more than once or something. I don't know. It says permanent edition. I like the idea of that because I love the elusive targets, but if you just don't happen to play Hitman, you know, that week, you just don't get it. Well, they rotate them in, but it's nice that it's more permanent. And also, of course, new maps, new storylines, all that. Like, more content sounds great because I love Hitman. I'll play more Hitman levels, all that good stuff. Uh, For PC players running the right hardware, ray tracing technology will be introduced to Hitman 3. I played Hitman 3 on my Xbox Series X. I swear to God, I thought ray tracing was on. Apparently, it was not <laughs> on this whole time. There is a level where you you're in. Um, where's that really rich place? It's like the richest place in the in the in the world, and they got this, the biggest Monaco? tall building in the sand. Dubai, Dubai. Oh Dubai. yeah, in the UAE. Yeah, yeah. There's a level in actually the first level hit me in three in Dubai, and you're in like this tower mansion, whatever the thing from Fast and the Furious where he jumps from building to building. Um, and at the very top of that level, there's it's like a it's like a penthouse suite, and there's an when you first get out of the elevator, the entire thing is like gold and black marble, and there's like a you know a six inch deep pool for like a hundred yards, and it's just gold and black marble, a bunch of water, and everything reflects. I'm like, oh my god, this game is so pretty. It's ray tracing. This is next gen, and then I realize it's not even ray tracing. I don't know what they're doing there, but it looks very good. Whatever Imagine they're doing, what it's going to look like now with actual ray tracing. With actual god, ray tracing, yeah. That's cool. I'm very excited. I love Hitman 3. It's very good. That's a game series that like I I've always wanted to like, but I feel like I'm it's not my not my cup of tea. You also don't like stealth games, right? And it's not necessarily like a stealth game, but more of like the the strategy element of it. Like, what am I gonna do to get this person? It's a murder over puzzle. There? It, yeah, it's a puzzle. I don't like puzzles. Yeah, it's a, it's a murder puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what the game is. <laughs> but, like, playing Metal Gear Solid and stuff like that, like the stealth in, in Metal Gear Solid 5, like, that shit's good. It's a lot less puzzle mm-hmm. and more like, ooh, God, I can't wait to freaking sneak up on this guy and send him to the sky in a balloon. Um, what a, Fulton, what a great thing. <laughs> yep. Spider-Man has no story. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> George Yang at GameSpot. You guys remember his name? 
There he is. George Jenga mm-hmm. GameSpot. Um, what a, what a freaking nail in the coffin for this game. Upcoming Spider-Man DLC, which we talked about last week, is coming on November 30th to Marvel's Avengers. And they have officially announced that no story missions, unlike the previous post-launch stuff like Black Panther, Kate Bishop, and Hawkeye. Instead, you do get story stuff from Spider-Man, and it's all called With Great Power, but you get it through a couple of animated, looks like lazily animated cutscenes, some audio logs that you find and have to listen to. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the worst way to experience a Spider-Man story that I think has ever been in a video game. And then on top of that, they released a little gameplay snippet on IGN.com with footage from Crystal Dynamics. And um, we learned that the web slinging, there's like an invisible glass ceiling that he swings from. And if you go too high, then you just like hit the ceiling and you fall down. And it's it sounds like it's going to be an all around poop experience for Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man 1 stuff. Yeah. Like the original, like based on the Tobey Wire, it's like, yeah, it just went in the air. Yeah. You're fine. And we found out why. And it's basically like they felt obligated by a contract and they wanted to make content that everyone could play and not waste all their time and resources on something only PlayStation people get to play. But here's a direct quote from Philippe Therrien at Crystal, uh, Crystal Dynamics. We quote, we want to spend our efforts on content that everyone can enjoy so we can choose. So we chose to spend a lot of our energy on the claw raid that's coming up at the same time. He continued, quote, <laughs> just saying it right there. Yep. Really, that's a simple decision for us. Spider-Man can play all the content, but then we release a piece of content that's good on all platforms. Really, that was a decision that's been that way since the beginning. I love that they ask him about Spider-Man specifically. What about Spider-Man? Like, why blah, 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 Spider-Man? And he's like, we have an upcoming claw raid that everyone can enjoy on Xbox. Plays it. And like, he just like fucking says, no, this is what we're really excited about. And where we really put all our hard work was through the claw raid. So... Hope you didn't expect Which too makes much sense. From, Spider- from Spider-Man. Yeah, like the minute they were like, oh, we have an exclusive character. I'm like, anytime that there's been exclusive content in a game, it's always been nothing, right? It's just like, this is a thing that takes you five minutes to get through. And you know, again, literally any game you can ever think, especially like in the PS4 and the PS3 generation, all the times like pre-ordered on PlayStation, you'll get this extra mission and this extra weapon. And it's like a weapon that's good for the first 30 minutes of the game. And the mission takes five minutes and it's nothing because they're like, we don't have time to make a full fledged expansion for one set of people. The claw raid, everyone yeah. can play only some people are gonna play Spider-Man. So here's the bare minimum fucking goodbye. There's Spider-Man. Yeah, that sucks. That's how it is. Now, I did hear... I don't remember what podcast... Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Um, So, the thing with Square Enix, because, you know, Square Enix isn't talking mad shit. Seems like Crystal Dynamics didn't want to make this game anyways. So, remember that whole thing where Crystal Dynamics is helping... um, What is that game on Xbox? Uh, The Initiative. Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. Yep. It's probably on Perfect Dark, right? Square Enix has notoriously seemed to kind of been hard on Crystal Dynamics. I remember, like, when... Uh, Tomb Raider came out and it was like we sold 13 million copies of Tomb Raider it's like fuck that's really good for like a brand new game like rebooting a franchise yeah and Square Enix is like under 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 what our expectations were it's like 13 million copies under your expectations of what this game is supposed to do I I don't know if this will happen but a Square Enix is like yo we're getting rid of um, Crystal Dynamics is that the right? Did I say the right name of the public, yeah. of the developer? Yes, yeah, Crystal Dynamics. I'm thinking because this we just talked about Hitman Three and did the exact same thing. We're like Hitman's not doing good enough. We got to get rid of you guys. So my hope is that Crystal Dynamics gets let go. They're like, oh no, 
we're single. What do we do? And then Big Daddy Microsoft says, yo, come to our mansion and live with us instead. Because mm-hmm. I love Crystal Dynamics. <laughs> yep. Suck them just on. take them in. I just, Crystal Dynamics is a great studio. And they've already got that relationship with Microsoft because of the dude who's at the top of the initiative worked at Crystal Dynamics. Yep. And I think that they should just, they should go there and be happy. Because like I said, Hitman 3 is the best Hitman game. And that one is the independent, just only IO made that game by themselves. They didn't have a publisher, didn't do anything. And that's the best game in the series. I love Crystal Dynamics. Avengers wasn't great. And I don't know if that's their fault or not, because it doesn't seem like it's their type of thing. I don't know. But I would like to see them do their own thing. And if that means getting away from Square Enix, I am not going to be mad about it. Yeah, I concur. Yeah, I think you're right. That that makes the most sense for them to just like jump in with the initiative. Somebody leaves, like they had a partnership over there with Crystal Dynamics. They leave and go to Microsoft and then they're like, hey, I have this really talented team that could come help us a lot over here. Like, Let's get into some talks with Square Enix. Those first two, t- two Tomb Raider games, like Rise of the Tomb Raider is literally one of my favorite games ever made. It is fantastic, which is the second in the reboot. Uh, and yeah, that's... They made an off. They made a letter, a ten out of ten game, and then they're like, "Make a live service Avengers game." Okay, whatever. Did they make Shadow of the Tomb Raider, or was that some somebody else no. made that while they were working on Avengers? Right. Yeah, somebody else made three. That's why that one's not very good. I, I didn't play that one yet. It's not great. It's fine. Last segment here, or the last story here on our quest log is: if you like Yakuza, you're gonna like it a lot more. I guarantee it. Um, and by that I mean there's more coming you're not going to like the existing one more you're just going to get some more this is coming from Matt Perslow at IGN in a conversation with Famitsu Ryo Gagotoku studio director Masayoshi Yokoyama said quote I can't go into any details about Yakuza 8 yet but I can reveal it will be a continuation of the story of 7 set a few years later he also spoke about the studio's other projects beyond the mainline Yakuza series and said, quote, we will also take great care over the Judgment series. He said, although he didn't go as far as saying the third game in the series is in development. And then finally, quote, beyond Judgment, we would love to tackle an all-new game as well. One of the pieces are in place. In addition to both Yakuza and Judgment, we are working on other unannounced titles too. Dope. People love Yakuza. Cool. I've never played a Yakuza game, but people tell me it's GTA, but like Japanese and with the whole Yakuza. And it's like, all right, not for me, but man, those games look fucking wacky and and fun for the people who like them. So y'all are getting more. Yep. I've tried playing multiple of them. Not my thing. Uh, I think it's just the Japanese-ness of them, which isn't always a negative thing, but I'm like, this is a little, I don't understand this. This is a little wacky for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like you said, they're hugely popular. People love them. So good for you guys. Keep having your games. Um, and maybe in the next too... game, they'll call them the Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> they announced, I think too, right? That Yakuza 7 was was um, like a turn-based Battle system, which was yeah. really controversial. Like, oh my god, I can't believe they're going to take this huge turn in the series. And then they announced it was successful, and they're going to continue with that, right? For Yakuza Eight or whatever mm-hmm. the next one is. Yeah, dope. Yeah, Judgment is the one that's going to be feel like the old game or the other Yakuza games, from my understanding. Again, gotcha. I haven't played all of them. I played a couple, but yeah, they're like We're, this one's going to be turn based, and we'll, we'll keep Judgment as the old style that you know and remember. Cool, 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 cool. Adam, I know we did a segment from you earlier, but I see something here just written called Twitter responses. Is that like something left over? Or is that a, a thing that's in there too? 
No, I did this. This is for me as well. Dope, dope, dope. All right. So uh, at Rion, R- Rion, Respawn Aim Fire on Twitter, uh, there's a, a, a mysterious tweet featuring <laughs> Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man 1. What? Uh, Tis the season. What are you most thankful for in, ge- in gaming? And we have a couple responses from Pork Shop 1864 and from Smitty. Uh, they both say, thankful for my Raft Pack and my Raid Team. So... I assume is the Raft Pack the raid team, or is the raid team different from the Raft Pack? So Raft Pack is me, Holden, Dallas, Matt, Brent. Okay. The raid team is me, Dallas, Matt, Jerica, Audrey. Okay. So there's a there is like an overlap Venn diagram, and the vagina of the Venn diagram is me, da- me, Dallas, and Matt. Okay. You guys are always in the vagina. Got you. Well, yeah. So those <laughs> Dallas, people. Matt, and Chad, always in the vagina. You know those boys. <laughs> always right there. <laughs> Where are they going to be at any given time? Always in the vagina. <laughs> so that was some of the responses. I just wanted to give uh, my time to give a little shout out to, you know, things that we're thankful for in gaming. Like I said, it could be, you know, a game developer, just friends you play with, whatever. And that's where we got Raft Pack and Raid Team, right? My thing I'm most thankful for is Devolver Digital. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, keep it up. Keep giving me weird-ass indie games that are end up always just being like 9s out of 10s. Like, just keep it up. I what a, what a weird concept for a company. They give the weirdest, you know, like shows. Like, remember, like, the Devolver shows, like, the actor that has, like, lore behind them? That lady that's like, it's weird. It's weird. It's all weird. But I yep. love it. I keep being weird. It's like the Adult Swim of video games. I know Adult Swim has video games, but it's the Adult Swim indie publisher of video games like just we just do weird shit and you're gonna like it and I'm like yeah i do like it you're right i'm just very <laughs> thankful for them keep it up anything for you uh i'm gonna go with like the, the, team. the easy answer which is uh, this podcast and the community around it like that's i know it's easy and sappy and cheesy but like it's so true and i started thinking like I've met so many people. I met you. I met the Raft Pack. I met the Raid Team. I met a, a ton of other people who have been guests on the show that are now, a lot of them are my, like, not just acquaintances or people I've met, but they're my friends. And arguably, a lot of them are my best friends now. And I started thinking, like, I've spent, I spent my 30th birthday, my 32nd birthday coming up, and I'm going to be spending my 33rd birthday all with people that I have never had never met in real life that I just met through this podcast. And now I've been like literally flying to Rhode Island or to Florida to spend time with them for my birthdays. And I was like, and it, that's so freaking wild that it all started because I randomly submitted an email to Kind of Funny and they sh- all showed up on our podcast and we hit it off and it's freaking fantastic and I love it. So thank you everyone for listening and sharing this with people and introducing us to new folks and. That's my that's my cheesy I'm thankful video games thing. It's so heartfelt. I love it. You know what? I'm also thankful for all the people. I didn't think of that because I was thinking of a dumb thing. Here's what I'm going to do, though. <laughs> I'm going to try to figure this out for you, Chad. I'm thankful for you for bringing me on. You know, Holden's dead in the ground, but I appreciate you thinking of me next. <laughs> after we I'm buried his body. Holden dying so that I could be here. Yeah, I'm so thankful. <laughs> no, no, no. Holden's great. But <laughs> I saw this on uh, when I was looking up stories. And they have, on Black Friday, they're releasing the vinyl pressing of a Muffet Christmas Carol soundtrack. <laughs> and I'm going to send that yes. to you so you can enjoy that amazing vinyl. I'm going to figure out if it doesn't sell out. I'm going to get you a Muffet Christmas Carol vinyl. So Can't that's my wait. To you. I hope Jeff Keeley's face <laughs> is on the front of it and they've digitally put in his voice in the, the recording as well. 
That's awesome. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much for that Twitter segment. We've got one more, and it's Game on Game Show. The Game on our Gaming Show, we play a game called Game on a Gaming Show on our Game Show. Game, 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 game. Adam. A few weeks ago, we played yes. Nolan North is Raptured. Long live Nolan North. Mm -hmm. In honor of Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl releasing this week, we are going to play Pokemon Got Raptured. Long live Pokemon. Now... If you remember from the Nolan North one, like there were a handful of games. I said, hey, Nolan North gets raptured and he also got raptured from anything he's ever been in. So we have to call in whatever actors are left and have him fill in his spots. This is going to be a little bit different. These Pokemon, and again, I pulled all of these from Gen 1 so that you and I both know who they are. Okay. I'm about uh, these, to say, some of those I will not know. <laughs> these Pokemon on Gen 1. have all been raptured they're gone forever. They've disappeared from the games. And also the ability to replicate them with CGI is gone. We have to bring in okay. actors to play these in costumes, um, in mm -hmm. like physical props, like actual practical effects. A performance. A performance, right. So I have on here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of these. I don't have specific people because I think that we could get super creative with some of these and think of things that I couldn't on my, on my, my own. So... I'm going to go through this list and we're just going to figure out who is now going to be the permanent face of these characters in all video games, movie adaptations, and television animes. Not just the voice. Again, physical, practical, non-CGI or animation. Mm -hmm. That's who these people are. Okay. We'll start with the most humanoid of them, Ash Ketchum. Who is going to play Ash Ketchum in everything now? Again, he's the, I know I want the Pokemon trainer. Yeah. The main Pokemon trainer. Mm -hmm. a, a supposed to be a 10-year-old boy. Correct. So I've got two potentials for you. Either Finn Wolfhart, because he's every child in every movie, even though he's 20. Why do, I know his name. He's the kid from Stranger Things. He's in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, he's yes, in yes, it. Yes, yes. He's the kid in Hollywood. Right. So him, even though he looks like he's 18 at this point. But yeah, everyone does. likes to cast him as a kid. Or I want a, a small Asian actor a lady specifically because ash kisham i believe is voiced by a woman because he's supposed to be a child a lot of times in voice acting they use women to portray children yeah so maybe like aquafina just because i like her so much she's so <gasps> oh, funny and so frick, charming yeah aquafina is a dope choice she's like first of all she's fuck, she's fucking hilarious and i feel like she could bring like so a, funny. assassin a wit and like even like a dumb ignorance to ash like he's he's a little bit of a dummy that's a dope choice. I I couldn't for some reason. We talked about Alex Borstein last time. I couldn't get Alex Borstein. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought up Peter because I think that's a better choice instead of Alex Borstein. Um. All right. So so uh, Aquafina is playing Ash Ketchum, and then of course the most recognizable Pokemon Pikachu. Who's playing Pikachu? Uh, Danny DeVito is out of it. Like he was Detective Pikachu. But he's, he's gone. He can't play the actual Pikachu. Well, here's the thing. Do you have any ideas? Because I immediately go to, it's a cheat, but Ryan Reynolds literally is Pikachu. Uh, in Detective Pikachu. Like, he is Pikachu. Oh, fuck, you're right. And it was Ryan Reynolds. What did Danny DeVito play? Yeah, people wanted Danny DeVito. People wanted people him. People wanted Danny And there was, like, they put his wasn't. voice into it. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't Ryan official Reynolds. anywhere? I yeah. swear to God that was official somewhere. Maybe there was a commercial for like the video game where he was in it. I don't remember, but I know he's not officially 
in that movie. I mean, if we want to right the wrongs of the past, we could just make Danny DeVito Pikachu right now. <laughs> Fuck. God, I want that to be true. I think we can the do it. The Detective Pikachu team tested Danny DeVito as the voice mm. of the Pokemon. God, I want that to be true. So, Spoilers for Detective Pikachu, but at the end it revealed that the Detective Pikachu was actually the kid's father who got turned into a Pokemon. So if Pikachu turns back to a human as Danny DeVito, that's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds makes more sense Here's as that the thing. kid's dead. Here's the thing. I don't want Danny DeVito to be Pikachu because I kind of want Danny DeVito to be the next one that we're going to talk about. Okay, okay. So, um, so who's Pikachu? Who's somebody super likable? You know what? Think about this. Super likable, most, you know, uh, sellable face in a hall of Hollywood. The Rock. Oh, shit. The Rock. The Rock could make a good Pikachu. Pikachu's got an attitude, too. Mm -hmm. And The Rock, like, he doesn't take anybody's shit. But also, yeah. he can be The size like, be will emotional. be strange. Yeah, he'll be a giant The size Pikachu. will be weird. Might go back to the fat Pikachu but days. But it's fine. Um, That's true. He was Chonky Pikachu for a while. Yeah. Chonky Pikachu. I'm, I think I'm done with that. For, we'll, 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 for now, we'll say The Rock for Pikachu. Here's the next one that I... I can't get Danny DeVito out of my brain for this one because it's Jigglypuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want oh, yeah. A Danny DeVito Jigglypuff for sure. You know what's so funny? I was happened. I haven't watched the show in forever, but Friends was on Nick at Night the other day. I normally don't watch cable TV or whatever, but Nick was on for some reason. And it was the episode of Friends where I think Phoebe's having her bachelorette party and they hire a stripper and it's Danny DeVito. Oh my God. So he was jiggling in that episode. I could see him being oh jiggling. Oh my God. I just, I imagine him. <laughs> and the episode was Sunny in Philadelphia. I think it was the Christmas special where he lubes himself up and hides in, or no, he's not lubed. He was just super sweaty and hot where he hides in the couch so he can listen on other people's conversations. <laughs> and then he freaking rips open the couch and like burrs himself naked. Yeah, from I remember it. seeing that like, God. oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And I want Jigglypuff, like who's supposed to have this like really disen like enchanting musical talent and ability and voice. And it's just Danny DeVito. I like it. Whew. All right, we got four more. Charizard. Who plays the badass dragon fire Pokemon Charizard? Hmm. This is tough. Do you have any ideas? Throw them something at me. Because this is, I mean, The Rock would have made sense for this one, but we've, he's already been cast. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like the person I'm thinking, of, like, isn't, like, bulky or beefy enough, but Sam Rockwell playing Charizard like he's got like a like a cool kid like badass personality but he doesn't mm -hmm. have like the physical presence I think of Charizard I mean does Danny DeVito have any physical presence and is the rock small enough to play Pikachu it's fine I like Sam Rockwell as an actor as well so I'm not against that because yeah. I like him a lot Sam Rockwell's fantastic all right okay Sam Rockwell for Charizard next up Mewtwo the the genetically created clone Pokemon of Mew Who's playing Mewtwo? Harrison Ford. <laughs> the grumpiest fucking... And you're right. Mewtwo is like, why am I alive? I can't deal with why my Why am thoughts. I here? <laughs> you're yeah. right. Harrison Ford is like, I fucking hate playing Han Solo. Why do I keep doing it? <laughs> Give me back my family. 
That's him in every movie in the 90s. <laughs> Indiana Jones! I love the idea that he just screams his character's name, which is just like what Pokemon do, too. Han Solo! Like, Mewtwo! Mewtwo! Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Fans will love that. Yeah. Fucking crashing planes all over the place, too, man. Jesus Christ. All right, two more. Magikarp. Who plays the floppy fish? Magikarp. Yes, like, who's a fucking... Who's who's somebody that's fun to make fun of? That's the thing, because that's what Magikarp... Magikarp's a joke. Yeah. So who's fun to make fun of? My brain, always, when I try to think of that type of person, always goes to Chris Kattan, but it's it's overused now. Like, Chris Kattan, and he has no mm-hmm. relevance today either. Yeah, I mainly want to think of Michael Sarah, but that feels like... You don't need to make fun of Michael Sarah anymore. That was <laughs> oh. a while ago. Poor kid. Poor guy. Um, who's somebody that's easy to make fun of? You know what we should do? You go opposite on this one, where Magikarp is weak and helpless or whatever. Let's get someone who's like a real badass. Um, I'm thinking, I was thinking like Gal Gadot, but I'm just thinking of Gal Gadot because she's in that movie with The Rock on Netflix, and that's why I'm thinking of all these people together. I was thinking um, of Jason Statham because he was the mo- in the movie with Hobbs and Shaw with Rock as well. Oh, but what true. if what well, if Jason Statham was Magikarp he's flopping around just like I can't fucking swim <laughs> oh yeah I can't fucking swim I can't fucking swim I think either Jason Statham or Scarlett Johansson because she's in everything ooh ScarJo is Magico and she's got red hair Magikarp's and red. she eventually becomes a badass dragon Actually, she doesn't have red hair. That's just a wig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but she does have blonde hair, yeah, I think. which is gold Magikarp mm-hmm. is the shiny variation. Yeah. We talked ourselves into either ScarJo or Jason Satham. Which one's funnier? I think that's what this exercise is about. Which one is funnier to me? I, I feel like Jason Satham would be the funnier Magikarp. Especially if he has his accent. Yeah. I'm Jason Statham. I'm Jason Statham. I'm a Magikarp. Splash, splash, splash. Magikarp, Magikarp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we go. That's perfect. He's just got a gun on his fin. <laughs> Magikarp comes into battle with a fucking Glock. And, and, and Danny DeVito is Jigglypuff on the other side. <laughs> Jason Salem just fucking shoots him in the skull. <laughs> Danny DeVito starts singing and he just fucking shoots him right in the face. <laughs> just imagine Jason Statham looking back at Aquafina. I'm gonna get him. And just fucking shoots him with his face. Oh man, you're right. Yeah. That's good. You've convinced me. No, the last one here is Ditto. The little purple blob mm. that copies other Pokemon. That copies. Yep. Who's a really good impression? I'm that just, was just yep. That's ahead. what I was just gonna say. Who's a who like does good impressions of people? I, I don't know if this m- means anything for any, but Frank Caliendo is pretty good. Frank Caliendo. He was on Mad TV, and now he also just does all the impressions on like the Fox Football oh, Morning yeah. thing, where he does like the John Madden impression, and he just does impressions. There's a lot of com- comedic actors who just do impressions. Was it Jay Verjao from SNL only did impressions, and there've been impression people before. So who would do a good impression? Because remember, this will be like somebody doing an impression of Danny DeVito or of Jason Statham right. when they copy those Pokemon. Right. So this could be good. And I imagine it also in like a like a little like five year old type of way. Like Jason Statham says, "I can't fucking swim," and then the other one goes, "I can't fucking swim." 
Like, stop copying me. Stop <laughs> copying <even> me. <laughs> stop copying me. So who do we... Hmm, someone who's a comedian, someone who does... Let's just someone who does, like, an impression. You know what? It's Kevin Hart. Fuck it. The Rock's in oh, it. Oh, shit. The Rock's Kevin in Hart's it. You gotta have there. Kevin Hart in there somewhere. And to see Kevin Hart pretending to be Danny DeVito and Jason Statham... Who did we pick as Mewtwo again? Harrison Ford. <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Kevin Hart is ditto. You know that that cast we just did is just Jumanji too. <laughs> <laughs> the cast of Jumanji as Pokemon. Uh, that's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for our episode 234. God damn it. I knew that four was in there in the wrong spot. 234 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, you have homework, just like you do every week. If you have not done your homework of subscribing to us on YouTube, go there right now, youtube.com, and then go to the search bar and type in Respawn Aim Fire, because we don't have a vanity URL yet, because you haven't gifted that to us, and it is almost Christmas. So do your duty. Um, that's your first piece of homework. Second piece of homework, go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire and vote on barf games for upcoming months. Um, play this on game nights when we get them. Good dope wallpapers for your devices. All sorts of fun stuff there. All starts at just a book. Um, and you all chose for us our barf game this month and next are going to be game of the year focused and you decided you wanted to make sure that I played and reviewed Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I just picked that up on a Black Friday sale on PSN, so I'll be playing through that shortly. Adam, you are playing It Takes Two, which you actually have plans to play later this week, so that'll be underway. In about an hour, actually. Oh, that's right, in like an hour. From recording time. Perfect. So uh, we will be playing those. We'll be putting up a poll in, Jesus, I guess, like three weeks for whatever January's game is going to be, because the year is very quickly coming to a close. Wow. Owen Wilson. Wow. What Pokemon? No, we can't think about that right now. Um, Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Wow. 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 Um, and that's it. That's all your homework. Your other homework is go uh, tell people that you're thankful for them. Like, there's one thing to be thankful, and then there's, like, actually telling people and why and being genuine and supportive of your friends and family. So go do that. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone, if you're in America. If you're not in America, eat something fun. Whatever you like, eat it. Just make sure it's festive and fun. All right, and until next time, here's our usual sign-off. George Yang, freelance, works at GameSpot, IGN, wherever you need him most, he'll be there. <laughs>